Have you ever been dragged or cyberbullied on social media, particularly Nigerian Twitter? Trust me, it's not an experience you want to go through. In 2021, I temporarily logged out of my Twitter account because the notifications just didn't seem to stop. The story itself isn't that interesting. It's what happened afterwards that got me feeling some type of way. So, some journalist writes, he posted a story that he had written on his timeline. It just so happened that, around the same time, on my own timeline, I was critiquing the manner in which journalists in general go about telling stories. Now, I wasn't specifically referring to this guy, but for whatever reason, he assumed I was criticizing his own story. He came after me, along with his thousands of Twitter followers. And within minutes, the conversation shifted from journalism and good storytelling to slut-shaming, misogyny, and tribalism. I received countless horrible DMs, hundreds of mentions, and dozens of death threats. This continued for almost three days, with this guy encouraging his followers to pull me apart while making derogatory remarks like, oh, it's because you're a woman. What do you know about journalism? What do women know about journalism? I later read the story that he wrote, and I immediately got why he assumed I was referring to him. It was badly written. It was horrible. And I suspect that, deep down, he knew that his work was shit. It's possible that, if I had seen it sooner, I would have told him to fuck off. Anyway, that's all in the past now. But it was an interesting and frightening experience that gave me a glimpse into the online violence women face. The conversation was no longer about my tweet or my opinion. It became about my tribe, my credibility, my skills, and most importantly, my gender. The entire experience made me curious about other women like me who have experienced cyberbullying or online violence. How did they deal with the barrage of horrible messages and notifications? Did they defend themselves? How did they impact their self-esteem and mental health? Well, that's what today's episode is about. It's about a form of harassment and violence that often goes unnoticed because it doesn't feel as tangible or physical. It's about cyberbullying and online violence against women, especially those who, like me, are outspoken and have strong opinions. Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin, and I like girls. This is a narrative storytelling podcast about African women and the different experiences life throws at us for being women. In today's episode, through our guest's story, we learn about the aftermath of cyberbullying, how it can impact one's self-esteem and mental health. So my name is Zipi Kitaiga, alias Spicy Afuru. Uh, you can call me anything you want, actually. Spicy, Efuru, I love them all. Zippy, whichever you like. But my artistry name is Spicy. Uh, what I do mostly is in the creative uh, industry. So I'm a former radio and TV presenter. Right now, I'm focusing more on design work, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, just a, a lot of things. Like, um, I have my hands full. As Spicy said, she used to be a radio presenter and producer. In October 2020, she joined one of Kenya's bubbly radio stations as a newbie. On the show, she and her co-host interviewed entertainment industry stakeholders. So, on this random day, she secured a super exciting interview. 
first of all, it was my first interview with like one of the legends in music in Kenya, Kyrie mm-hmm. and Crystal. And we were so excited because we were just new, my co-host and I, we were just new in the radio industry and we had this big interview coming that we just booked the previous day. And uh, my show was on Saturdays and I was running so late, so, so late. Starting at 6, I was leaving the house at 5.45 and I was dying. I was dying. I had my water, my juice, I was ready and I just put on my dress. Spicy was rushing to make it in time for this interview, right? She didn't think too much about what to wear or what she particularly looked like. It wasn't a big deal. Like, I didn't think twice about it. I've worn it before. And for radio, you dress for comfort. You're there for, like, more than four hours. So you need to be comfortable. And I'm comfortable with short stuff. Do you get Yeah, I get that. I've worked in radio before. And it can be exhausting sitting in the studio for long hours. If you're going to do it, you better be wearing comfortable clothes and shoes. The interview went great. We posted the pictures. Mm. And... Yeah, the show ended. We actually had our first trending on that day. So it was a beautiful, beautiful... Yeah. First trending on Twitter, number one. We were doing amazing. So the feeling was great that Saturday. Spicy was on cloud nine after leaving the studio that day. She and her colleague had just nailed their first ever radio interview for this station. Not just that. Video clips and photos from the interview were trending on Twitter. And everyone was talking about how good the conversation was. Come Monday, I do the weekend stuff with my friends, hang out with my friends. Then come Monday, guys are sending me stuff from the blogs. I'm Mm. like, what happened? What happened? They were calling me the girl in the blue dress. And I'm like, "Mm, mm, okay. Remember that the show was trending all over the weekend, right? The conversation slowly went from how good the interview was to how short the dress Spicy had on was. And the co-workers, my producer, my boss, everybody was like, it's okay, you know, mm. uh, they're talking about you, this is good news. So at first we took it so positively, or by we, I mean me and the 90 people in my head. We took it, yeah. <laughs> we took it very positively and we moved on. Spicy and our colleagues didn't think too much of it at first. I mean, nobody was particularly saying anything problematic. So... She just continued her thing. After every show, she would take photos and share them on Instagram and Facebook. Hot 96 FM, where she worked, also did a bit of promo by sharing photos and videos of Spicy from her interviews on their official Facebook page. But then the the real feelings started coming in when I continued now posting in my in my selfness, in my realness, in mm. in realness in fashion to be more specific. And uh, the sexualization just became more and more and more as it went on. Then, blog posts about Spicy and her blue dress started popping up all over the internet. Bloggers and social media users started calling her names and insinuating that she was promiscuous because of how she dressed. It was no longer about the interview and how good it was. The conversation has spiraled out of control and slut-shaming and misogyny entered the chat. I won't read the comments because they are really mean and hurtful. But to give you a sense of how horrible the stories that made rounds about Spicy were, I'm going to ring Olivia, the podcast associate producer. She's going to read an excerpt from one of the posts written about Spicy at the time. Hi, Olivia. Hey, Aisha. 
Okay, Olivia, please read the first couple of paragraphs that you have in front of you. All right. Um, Fast Rising Hot 96 FM presenter, Efru, recently left netizens talking after she was pictured scantily dressed while at work. The soft-spoken presenter, who co-hosts a popular show with Nono at the Royal Media Services-owned station, was rocking a blue dress that left her thighs exposed to anyone who cared to see. Photos of Efru's racy outfits were widely shared on social media, and netizens are still discussing them on various social platforms. We went through Efuru's Instagram page and found out that she is fond of going to work just like those ladies you see peddling flesh at the infamous Sabina Joy Club. She loves exposing her thighs at work and tempting male guests and workmates. Mm. Thanks, Olivia. Is there anything else in that blog post? Yeah, actually, there is. So like they said, they really went through like Efuru's Instagram page and took a bunch of pictures and uploaded them on their blog post. Mm. Okay, got this. Thank you. No problem. So, these bloggers weren't just writing about Spicy and the blue dress incident. They searched through her Instagram page and posted all the photos of her wearing short dresses to make this crazy point that she's indecent. I debated whether or not it was important to read out that excerpt from one of the blog posts for a while. But... I think it's relevant for you to understand the scale of what was being said about Spicy. I went to the comments, which I have never done before. And I was just reading all these things. I read all the blogs. I read literally everything. Everything that they've written about me, I have read. And it just it was just like a cloud sinking down. I'm like, okay, what will my father think? What will my mother think? My auntie there they're so proud of me i got this job so it was a lot of things but the one feeling i remember feeling the most is the hatred of being perceived just i just didn't want anybody to perceive me anymore in whatever way whether you think mm. i'm sorry, whether you think i'm ugly whether you think i don't have dignity or whatever like i just was so scared of being perceived and that was a very dominant feeling that stayed for so long. Naturally, Spicy was hurt by these comments. People who didn't know her were on the internet typing all kinds of crazy theories about her life and her personality based on a couple of photographs and videos. She said she felt like disappearing from the minds of everyone. And the worst part of everything was that she couldn't immediately take a break from posting photos and videos of herself online. After every show, you know, as part of the job, she would post photos of her interviews and the radio station would also share excerpts from the interview on their social media pages. Because she was constantly posting, the vow messages and blog posts continued to pile on. Yeah, for Facebook, it was it was those comments of, you're a disgrace to people are looking up to you. Wow. You know, I'm, at that time, I'm like, say, 24 years old. And people are looking up to you. I'm like, I'm looking up to people. <laughs> like, I'm a baby. Me too. So it was it was crazy to feel like I had to, you know, um, be a certain person. And how it shifted, I just started posting videos of my faces and my voice and not really my fashion. So you slowly started, like, so it was like maybe subconscious, you worrying, like, oh, if I post this, they're going to talk about my body or what I'm wearing. And, and then, 
Uh, I can see how that would affect even your fashion choices because now, instead of just putting on the dress like you did that day, you're questioning, oh, should I wear this? Are they going to say anything about this? So yeah. did you find yourself like, you know, wearing other things that you normally wouldn't wear because you're worried about people talking about you? No, 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 no. My, I still wore my flatty mm-hmm. clothes because mm-hmm. it's hot in Kenya, bro. It's yeah. hot. Uh, but I wouldn't post that. I would like yeah. mid shots like this, you know. Uh, don't look at my thighs. Don't look at my, you know, titties, nips, whatever. Just face communication, communication, communication. Nothing to do with fashion. And uh, it was pretty sad because I'm in love with fashion so much. So here's the thing. Only the public had issues with how Spicy dressed. The company and her producers at work, as well as her colleagues, didn't care. In fact, throughout the entire situation, her producers supported her and kind of gave her this mini pep talk about how it's okay for her and her co-hosts to dress the way they do. Her family and friends also didn't give a shit that she loved to wear short and tight dresses. First of all, my mommy is the one who bought the dress for me. (laughs) First of all. So I was like, if my mommy is fine, I'm fine, you know? And uh, she received, I remember when she gave me a call, I was at work and she, she her friends sent her the blog uh, link and she was oh. like, oh, I see you on the blogs and it's very nasty. And we didn't have a, an emotional conversation, but she was like, mm. beautiful and you're fine. Continue doing your job. Like, that, that's all she told me. And that was more than enough. With my friends, I was just like, ah, fuck the haters, fuck the haters. (laughs) You know, nobody really feels what you're feeling until you communicate it. And I didn't communicate it at all because I didn't understand what I was feeling. I was just moving with the waves, you know? So all of this was happening here. But at this point, Spicy wasn't exactly processing the gravity of what she was experiencing. She was smack deep in the middle of online violence one that had what seemed like the whole of Nairobi talking about her, and that had all sorts of strangers invade her privacy as well as make horrible judgments about her life without even knowing her. She was just coasting through the madness of it all. Okay, so the comments from random strangers on the internet became way too much for Spicy to handle. They hated that she was expressive with her fashion. It's this weird thing where people project their morality on you. And if you don't conform, they try to take you down. With Spicy, they hated that she was comfortable wearing outfits that exposed her body. They wanted to control her. So they came up with all kinds of scenarios about how she was indecent and promiscuous. But hold on. There was a certain group of people that didn't actually think Spicy was wayward or immoral as they had written in comments and blogs. This group just posted vile things about her because, well, because they could. Like, this one writer she ran into at some event a few weeks after he wrote mean things about her. Anyway, it was a woman's event and a woman empowering event by Pinky... Pinky? I hope you know Pinky. I didn't know Pinky Gelani then, but I know her now. She's a Kenyan media personality of Asian origin. She's a huge supporter of women's rights here. So this women's empowerment event was hosted by Pinky. And Spicy ran into this writer who had written mean things about her at the event. So Pinky Gelani, it was her event. And the guy was there doing uh, his job, I guess. 
And I was like, bro, so you're the one who wrote the article on on your on your on your I think it's Kenyan's something, I don't wanna like name mm-hmm. it but it was something, some blog, a famous blog. And he was like, girl, it's okay. Like the dress was fine. You were looking so fine. Then why did you write that? We had to follow like the comments on Facebook. Like you shook the room. So we had to shake the room with you, you know? It's part of the job. Get used to it. And I was just looking at him like, hey, okay. What? Okay. So he didn't feel any like shame no. or remorse. No, he wasn't even sorry. He was like, no, you were great. You looked amazing. Everything was great. But, you know, we had to ride the wave with the comments. With what the people are saying, we also had to jump on the wave. And I was like, sharp. I guess this is how it works. Good. So this guy knew that what he wrote about Spicy was wrong and horrible. But he didn't give a shit. He did it anyway for the likes and clicks. That's truly vile. So I guess my next question is, at what point did it occur to you? Like, maybe you really had a think or someone said it that you're like, wait, this isn't right. Like, something is going on here. What was that moment for you? It was just a feeling of it being unnatural. Like, posting mm-hmm. social media is like a fun, a fun space for me. It's my play world. So when it started feeling like a burden, I was like, mm, it's not feeling as natural as mm-hmm. it was before. So that's when I was like, okay, there's some healing that I need to do. There's something definitely wrong with what I'm feeling. Remember that Spicy didn't initially process what was happening to her as online-based violence. Yeah, after a while, when being on social media started to feel exhausting, she clocked that she needed to take time off to really take in everything and heal. For me, at that point, uh, that was, say that was 2020 throughout 2022, end of 2022 the whole time i was on autopilot i'm a very avoidant type of personality Mm. i have that avoidant personality so it was just like okay push that emotion to the back of my mind let's keep grinding let's keep doing this and it all came crashing down in 2022 when i was Mm. like i can't do this anymore i can't do this anymore so i had to stop a lot of things put a lot of things on pause especially my social media presence and all that and just really look inside myself and you know as much as I know I did nothing wrong because the dress is beautiful it still gave me negative emotions you know so I really had to think about how do I want to be perceived is it something I can control is it something you know yeah so that was my thought process still is yeah. And wait, so let me just to be sure I have this right. All of the times where all of this was happening, you say from then to like 2022, did the comments ever stop at all or was it continuous or did it stop when you started changing kind of like how you would post photos? They still continued, but at least the blogs put a pause on it. They had more, more, more shit to write about, you know. It's not just spicy to write about and her short dresses, but um, the comments on Facebook are still there. But I stopped. I just stopped reading them. To understand the scale of what Spicy is describing, even after that first interview that went viral and put her in Kenya's public eye, people continuously camped in her mentions on Instagram, as well as the radio station's Facebook page, to say mean things about her. This went on at random intervals from 2020 to 2022. Yeah, so say at the end of 2022, from like mm-hmm. September, 
I totally put a pause on posting anything TV and radio presenting oh. stuff. So it was just my personal life, my personal dressing, whatever it is. So that let's not affiliate my boss into this, okay? Right. Let's not affiliate my boss into my dressing. So I totally stopped posting everything about my job, everything about my career and stuff like that. And just made it the playbook, tried to make it the playbook. And uh, when November hit, I just deactivated my Instagram account. Yeah. In November 2022, after two years of dealing with pockets of cyberbullying, Spicy went off-grid. She needed that alone time to clear her head, to process everything she had experienced, and walk towards healing. She said that break really helped her recalibrate. I started uh, removing myself from the social scene, made me to start like hanging out with real people. I know everybody's yes. a real person, but you know what I get. People who are not in the social scene, not influencers, not anybody in the industry. So mm. I found myself in different circles that really helped me in my healing or knowing myself, stuff like that. I'm still on a break. It's been six months, but I'll be back this May. Thank God. Spicy and I had this conversation in May. At that time, she was getting ready to get back on social media after about six months offline. Spicy is back on Instagram now. And let's just say the content is giving exactly what it's supposed to give. Let's take a short break. When we get back, I'll tell you about how this break led Spicy to make a choice that some may consider mm, unexpected. Welcome back. During Spicy's break from social media, she decided not to continue with her career in radio. She had a lot of time to think and reflect, and she didn't think it was worth going back to the same environments that had set her off for so long. Was it like this incident that kind of gave you clarity that you didn't want to be in this space, or has it just, is it just, I don't know, the circle of life? No, I think it was both. It was a trigger mm. that triggered me for like two years. Then after the two years when I was tired of like, you know, being unnatural, mm. I wouldn't say I was posting fakeness. It was still me. I was still being natural, but not completely as free as I would have loved to be. Ah, I get that. Spicy no longer feels comfortable and natural in that space of radio presenting. She stopped posting full body photos of herself in the studio working. She couldn't take photos and make videos with the artists that she interviewed. And she was constantly on edge because she worried about what the next comment about her would be. So it made sense for her to completely remove herself from that space. And I want to like talk more like, kind of generally or broadly now about um, how society kind of, I don't know if the word is puts pressure on women, like just if they're different. And I say this because all of this just happened because you wore a really nice dress that you like. And some yeah. people somewhere considered it problematic. Yeah. And I guess, why do you think there's so much scrutiny and judgment on what women want to post, what they want to wear, what they want to do with their lives? Because that's basically what happened to you, really. Yeah, and it's happened to so many women in so many other industries, in all mm -hmm. industries, actually. Women, we, we, we dealt the short end of the stick, if that's how the phrasing is. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting to see. I wouldn't say I don't want, I, di I didn't, I want it, like I regret it happening because I don't mm. regret 
happening because it was a huge part of my growth and I hope most women see it as that instead of victimizing themselves. I know we mm. are we are the victims, we are on the short end of the stick, but it's very powerful and empowering when you can get yourself out of that situation on your own or with friends, with family, with or without support. It's very empowering because in any industry you go on, and right now the entire world is being digitalized. Everybody's on the internet. Whether you wear a short dress, whether I wear a long dress, they'll still find something wrong with me if they like me, if they don't. Cyberbullying like the one Spicy had to endure for over a year is a form of online violence against women. According to Kenya's Gender Violence Recovery Center, between 39 to 47% of Kenyan women experience gender-based violence at some point in their lives, including technology-facilitated violence such as cyber-stalking, revenge porn, cyberbullying, and online hate speech. Because Spicy has healed from that entire experience, it's easy to downplay it, like it wasn't a big deal. But it was. It was two years of being constantly stalked by random strangers on the internet. Two years of having her photos extracted from Instagram and splashed across blogs and social media for scrutiny. It was two years of dealing with mean and vile comments online. Two years of Spicy shrinking herself by hiding her body online. Two years of dealing with the mental exhaustion of it all. But Spicy doesn't want to be seen as a victim, at least not anymore. I just didn't want us to gloss over the impact of that entire experience. She has healed now and she's moving on to new things that make her happy. You know, as we wrapped up our conversation, I asked her for advice. What would she say to someone out there who's experiencing some form of online violence? How should they handle it? I think the first thing to do is not to push it at the back of your mind. Don't Mm. do what Spicy did. (laughs) Deal with it at the moment. Like, figure out what you're feeling at that moment. And if you feel like you're strong enough, if it's not affecting you, like emotionally, physically, because everything emotion, mental, it affects me physically, automatically. So if you feel like you're strong enough to continue, please continue being your most authentic self. But if you feel that that pause of, "Mm, this doesn't feel like me, this feels like somebody else, take that time. That's well articulated. So instead of brushing things aside like she initially did, Spicy wants anyone who can relate to deal with all the emotions that come with online bullying as soon as possible. Of course, there's no one-size-fits-all for how, you know, to handle things like this. But it's important to process all of the bullying sooner than later to facilitate healing. Okay, so what's Spicy up to these days? Well, my plan's not to give too much. Mm. It's a surprise, but I'm going to bite them in their asses, all the blogs. I'm going to focus on <laughs> I'm going to focus on fashion and go back to the love of my life, you know. Um while also trying to use I'll do different things, but mm. mostly I will not shy away from my fashion again. Throughout that crazy period of dealing with insane comments from strangers, Spicy was unable to fully express herself through her fashion. Now She's back with a bang and ready to hit it off in the fashion industry. She's keeping it a secret till whatever she's cooking is ready. But a quick look at her Instagram page shows her strutting around in fashionable clothes. These clothes are tight and short as hell, almost like she's telling the haters to fuck off. And I love it for her. 
many more things that I want to do, entrepreneurship, getting into design, into your design. Mm. Like, there's a lot of things I want to do. And uh, I think, not I think, I know I'm very capable of doing all of them. I just need to prioritize what to do first. And my first thing to do is fashion, for sure. I'm very excited for Spicy. And I can't wait to see where her newfound enthusiasm takes her. Like Spicy, I hope that women out there who have experienced some form of online-based violence are able to heal and find clarity. More than anything else, I hope for a world where women will be free from all kinds of violence, including the ones facilitated by technology. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit ilikegirls.co. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at ilikegirlsgang. Please rate and review I Like Girls on whatever streaming platform you listen to podcasts on. Rating us helps other people to discover the podcast just like you. This episode is jointly written and produced by me, Aisha Salahuddin, and Olivia Oboagu. Audio engineering is by Dooski, and our theme music is by Banks with a double G. The rest of the music you heard throughout this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'll catch you on the next one.